everybody and welcome to Victory Life Church Online. My name is Pastor Craig. Really, really excited that we can come together in a midweek time and just get stuck into what it means to celebrate Easter, what Easter means. Whether you're a believer, whether you have been with Jesus for a long time, it's always good to understand that this Easter story impacts every single human being on the face of the planet. And we want to have a look at what Easter is as we build up towards this momentous celebration here at at Victory Life Church Online and, and churches around the world, we know that Easter is huge. And as we build up to that celebration, it would be good to take a check and have a look and see exactly what Easter really is. So if you've joined us from wherever you are in the world, or for those of you who are joining us here in the room today, it's really awesome that we can come together from wherever we are and celebrate Easter. Let's say a prayer and then we'll jump into the word for today as we begin a brand new series entitled Easter question mark. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are our God and that you have made it possible for us to have a relationship with you through the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, thank you that he came and provided things that we cannot do on our own, a hope, grace, healing, things that we cannot achieve on our own. And all of this is wrapped up in the story of Easter. And so, Father, as we begin to unpack the magnitude of what you did by sending your only begotten Son, we say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for all that you do to continue to nurture us and disciple us and point us in the right direction. And we pray that our hearts are open, our minds are renewed. In Jesus' name we pray. And people from all over the world said, amen and amen. Well, Easter is upon us. Can you believe it that this celebration that we have around the world um, as Christians is, is, is just comes around so quickly? I don't know about you guys here, but it seems like it was just yesterday that we were celebrating Easter again. And already this year has already rolled around and has already become, uh, come up on us. And here it is, Easter time again. Well, as we build into Easter, I think it would be good for us to understand exactly what it means to celebrate Easter. Easter question mark. What is Easter all about? And when we have a careful look at the word, we can see that the story of Easter, this coming of the Messiah, this coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, this stepping into your world of Jesus Christ, and then offering up his life for you, and then conquering death, and then being resurrected on the third day, the story of Easter, in your life, means something pretty huge. And over the next few weeks, as we build towards Easter, over the next few weeks, as we culminate in the celebration of Easter, and even in the weeks after Easter, we're going to be having a look at what Easter means to you and to me. You see, when we have a look at what the story of Easter means, there are a couple of things that Jesus did for us that we could not do ourselves. And that really is the story of Easter. Jesus did some things for us that we could not do for ourselves. And when we have a look at the story of, of him unpacking his life and giving of his life and putting his life down, the first thing that we know, and we've discussed this through our Faith, Hope, and Love series, is the first thing he provided that we could not provide for ourselves were divine and specific opportunities for hope. I'm going to say that again. He provided divine and specific opportunities for hope. 
You see, humankind might be able to conjure up their own kind of hope. I hope that the weather will be good tomorrow. I hope that I get that new job. That's all earthly, fleshy type hope. But when we have a look at the hope that Jesus provided, it was a divine kind of hope. It was a very specific kind of hope. And he gave us hope over very specific things that would normally get us down. And that's what we're going to be unpacking this week, what it means to step up out of our hopelessness and step into this divine hope that Easter brought for us. The second thing that he, he made sure was available to us through this Easter story was the celebration of grace. Now, just like that kind of divine hope that we have been given by the story of Jesus and Easter, well, this, this grace that we have or have been provided was not something we could do ourselves. In fact, human society tends to drift away from grace and more towards retribution, we want to get it right and people have to do right by us and we have to make sure that everything is right and done correctly and, and there is no space for grace anymore in this world. And as a result, Jesus had to come along and give us an example of what divine heavenly grace means and what it means for you and for me. And then finally, one of the things that he did for us was that the thing that we're going to really celebrate on Easter Sunday is that he fixed that which was broken. Our relationship with God and our relationship, our ability to have good relationship with others was fixed because of what Jesus did on Resurrection Sunday. He made it possible for you and me to have a good, healthy relationship with the Father. And as a result, as we've understood in our last series, as a result of the ability to receive the love through that relationship from the Father, we have been given the ability to have good, healed, and fixed relationships with others. Those are the three primary things that Easter means for you and for me, and they are huge. When I say divine hope, it's a huge, huge, huge thing to get our minds around the fact that we can hope for eternity. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about a long time, I kind of put that into maybe years Maybe if it's coming up to my birthday, a long time seems to be a few weeks. You know what I'm talking about. When you're longing for something and, and it seems like time is going so slowly and you'll build up to that. When it comes to time, we have this mental block because we have to limit our expectation of time. But we have been given a divine hope that we can have eternity. Now that's a huge concept. And then when you, when you compare that next to this divine grace that despite who you are, despite all the wrong things happening in your life, despite the things that are not working out well for you in your life, you too can have a relationship with the Father. He has given you grace for those errors. He has given you grace for the issues in your life because he wants you to try and work for the better. He wants you to try and get better every single day. A huge concept for us as humans, this divine grace that's been given you and been given me. And then the third area of being able to have a relationship with the most high God. I don't even have a personal relationship with, with a president or with a king or a queen here on the earth. And, and yet I have been given the ability to have a relationship with the most high God. You see, this whole process of Easter takes away things from our lives that we are powerless to take away. And it adds things to our lives that we are powerless to attain. 
Jesus came and gave you and did for you what you could not do for yourself. Easter is the most significant of Christian holidays and it represents this opportunity of divine hope, this state of divine grace, and this incredible healing of relationship with the Father and with one another. Whether or not you are a believer and whether or not you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart and you've been a believer for a long time and you, you've been a Christian for a long time or whether you're sitting on the fence deliberating whether or not I believe in the story of Easter or not or, or maybe you're on the other side of the fence and, and you say, I will never believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether or not you accept the story of Easter the desire for healing, the desire for grace, the desire to be made whole and have divine hope is still yours. And until such time as we attach the Easter answer to those desires of hope, grace, and healing in your life, you will always be looking for answers elsewhere. So let's jump in and have a look at something we've been studying quite a bit here on the online community. We've been having a look at faith, hope, and love, and I'm going to jump in and have a look at what Easter does as regards hope. Before Easter, Jesus was journeying towards the moment of his death and resurrection with hope in his heart. He knew what that death and resurrection would mean for all human society. It was a divine kind of solution. It, and as a result, it needed a divine kind of hope. You see, Jesus understood at a much higher level what that dream was of a human society that could hope for much more than what they could see, taste, or smell. You see, he was hoping that we would eventually step into this place of a divine relationship that would radically change our lives, take it from the natural and turn it into something supernatural. He was journeying towards that death and resurrection with divine hope in his heart. His disciples, on the other hand, were walking around in a different mood. They were walking around in a different mindset. They were hoping that Jesus would be their earthly answer. They were hoping that Jesus would come along and overthrow the Roman Empire and as a result of overthrowing the Roman Empire, reestablish this grand Jewish nation that would be the world power at the time. They were suffering from a little bit of hopelessness because they were slaves at the time to the Roman Empire. They were enslaved, they were downtrodden, they were downcast. And as a result of the struggles of life, they were looking for Jesus to solve simply the struggles of their physical flesh lives. They wanted a king that could lead them. They wanted an organization that could liberate them and free them in their world that they were in. What Jesus' hope was birthing was a hope for far more than just the flesh and what they could see and what they could feel. He was, he was birthing a new kind of hope, a hope that, that we wouldn't be able to birth or create in ourselves. Jesus didn't want to be just their earthly king. No, he wanted to, to show that, hey, I was more than that. And in John chapter 6, and you can have a look at this reference from verse 26 to 27, Jesus, in a moment with the disciples, highlights that they had the wrong kind of hope. He says to them, you've only eaten my food or you're only working with me because you get fed. 
but I want to give you something far more than just the food that you're eating. I want to give you the bread of life. In John chapter 4 and verse 27, the, 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 the disciples looked at him after he had spoken to this woman at the well. And, and you might know that story. It was a story where Jesus met up with, with somebody that he wouldn't normally talk to, a Samaritan woman at a well. And his disciples afterwards were shocked that Jesus would talk to such a person. You see, they were looking at the physical and Jesus shouldn't have spoken to that woman in the physical. But Jesus knew that there was a greater reason for interacting with humans. There was a greater reason for interacting with that Samaritan woman. And so even though the disciples were shocked, even though the disciples were appalled at Jesus having that conversation, Jesus demonstrates that there was a different kind of hope. There was a different kind of grace at play and the disciples just couldn't get it. You see, while Jesus was journeying towards the Easter story, the disciples were also journeying, but they were journeying at another level. They were journeying sometimes like you and I journey. We lose sight of hope. We lose sight of divine grace. We lose sight of the healing that can happen in relationships because of the situation that we're in. Just like those disciples, they were in a situation that had them bound and tied up to the things that they could smell and see and taste and feel. But Jesus was journeying towards that death and resurrection with a whole different kind of outlook. He had a completely different understanding of what he was about to do. The disciples were looking to him for the now and he was looking at, at, at God for the eternal. He was providing a hope that would mean so much more than just our current situation. And that was why he could be strapped suffering to a cross and endure the now because he knew what the hope was going to birth. He knew what that suffering, that immediate situation, that would pass and then the glory of his resurrection would trump his current circumstance. And that's what he wants for you and for me. He wants us to journey towards this Easter weekend, this Easter celebration, knowing that you might be suffering. You might be going through some difficulty. You might be going through some challenges right now. But the glory of the hope that he places in you through his resurrection will far surpass any form of suffering you might be going through on the Friday because of the joy that happens on the Sunday. The disciples didn't get this, but Jesus knew what would happen on Easter. Jesus knew that for all those years that he had to walk and teach his disciples, he knew that on that first Easter, on that very first moment when he conquered death, it wouldn't just be a radical change to his disciples' thinking, but it would change the trajectory of mankind forever. It would change the trajectory of the desires that humans like you and me have in our hearts, whether we believe in him or not. Whether we believe in him or not, we desire to be forgiven for the things we've done wrong. We desire to have hope. We desire to have a relationship with the power, the greater power, God, whatever you want to call him. We have this built-in desire. And Jesus knew that that first Easter wouldn't just shock the disciples, it would change the trajectory of humankind forever. But you see, this concept of having divine hope 
through the suffering is something that we as humans are challenged with because we are intrinsically selfish. We intrinsically look for the best for ourselves right now. Survivor of the fittest, make sure it's comfortable for me. I want to be king of the castle right now. And if we can't get it right now, we think that it's never going to come to us. We think that we're never going to get anything. We think that we're not good enough. We think that God has left the house. We think that God is just controlling or manipulating us. But in actual fact, he's taking care of the now and the eternal. You see, as humans, we seem to have this one-way ticket to disaster and destruction. As humans, without any form of hope, without any form of divine grace and without any form of divine healing in our lives, all the things that Easter means, we kind of meander through life from one mess up to another mess up, to another hurt relationship, to another broken relationship. Ephesians chapter two and verse two to three puts it like this. You used to live just like the rest of the world, full of sin, obeying Satan. Now, you might be going to me, oh, Pastor Craig, I'm not a Satan believer. I don't, I don't give Satan all the glory. Well, if you give any doubt in your life glory, you are leaning towards what Satan wants for you. If you give the lies that you've been telling about yourself about yourself all these years or the lies that you've been receiving about yourself from other people for all these years, those things are leaning towards how Satan wants you to respond and how he wants you to act full of sin and obeying him. All of us used to live that way, following the passions and desires of our evil nature, following the passions and desires of our now, in the circumstance, getting what we want. We were born with this as an evil nature within us. This is not some crazy evil sin that he's talking about here in scripture. No, he's talking about the fact that we look in the now. We live for the moment. We live for ourselves, the selfishness. And as a result, because we were born with this selfishness and evil nature, we were under God's anger. You see, we, when we talk about God's anger, we think about this blazing red hot fire that's going to come down and consume us from heaven. Am I right? But when we talk about God's anger, it's, it's anger, it's a space of angst, it's a space of, of hurt, it's a space of, of uncomfortableness. When we feel detached from God, when we're not living his way, when we're not living the good way, because he doesn't want to control us, he wants to promote us. And so when, we, when we're walking this process of, of doing it our way, we're going to have this angst and we're going to feel like we don't fit. In fact, what's going to be birthed in our lives is anger and hurt and hatred and all the things that come from rejection and not getting your own way in the flesh. But when we turn towards the story of Easter, we understand that we don't have to live in this space of anger. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10 tells us of somebody that took on the anger of God, that, that solved that issue of anger and hate and hurtfulness. He, he, it says it like this, in this act, we see what real love is. It is not our love for God, but his love for us. You see, God is not angry with you when you turn towards his love. 
not doing things for his love, but receiving his love. He sent his only begotten son to satisfy God's anger against our sins and selfishness. You see, Easter means that because Jesus came and took on the anger of God for mankind's sins, that God could now have a love relationship as opposed to a relationship with us based on anger, hurt, and hate. He, he, he doesn't hate us. He's not angry with us, but we get to hate him and get angry at him. And all he wants us to do is respond to Jesus, the love gift that he sent us, so that we can start responding to him, not out of anger, but out of love. And so Easter changed our perception of our sin. It changed how we thought about ourselves. It made it possible for us to know that God loves us and is not angry at us. The second thing that this, this process of divine hope means, apart from having the hope that God loves us and is not angry at us, it also says this, is that because we've, we've had this lost hope because we've lost our direction, because we've lost things, we, we ruin our own lives. How many times has it been said of, of the human race or even you, or I know it's been said of me, that I am my own worst enemy. And as human society, we seem tend to solve one problem, but break another. We, we tend to fix one thing at the expense of the other. We have the inability to provide divine solutions that are for the good of everything and everyone. Easter provides that solution, a solution that is for the good of everything and everyone. We cannot do that on our own. I don't need to tell you a scripture which defines how bad the world has become. We just have to look at divorce rates, child molestation rates, drug and alcohol addictions, anger, hunger, thirst, trash relationships, greed, the wastefulness of mankind. We just have to look at a few of these things to know that if we can, if we can just get God, we can get better. Because right now, without God, mankind tends to want to ruin his life. The solution to this, well, it's Easter. The solution to this problem is someone to show us how to live right. John chapter 13, verse 15 puts it like this. For I have given you example, an example that you should do as I have done to you. When we have a look at Jesus, we understand that he did everything out of love. And as a result of that love, he was willing to give up his life at Easter, go through the death process and be resurrected on the third day to show you the bounty of God's love. And as a result of how he received God's love, he was able to live a life that was right and true all of the time. Something you and I seem to be able to naturally avoid. The third thing that this hope does for us, besides saying, hey, you know what? You are unable to sort out your selfishness and your hurt and your anger and I can fix that and I can make God and, and a loving God in your mind. Not that he's not a loving God any other time, but I can make God a loving God in your mind and I can help you set your life right by living right. 
I can give you hope by doing that. The third thing is it does for us is it fixes the fact that we think that we're not right, that we're not good enough. We can have hope that we are better than what our imagination portrays us to be. We are more than just good. We are more and greater than what we can ever imagine, hope for, or dream for. This Jesus Christ story of Easter not only fixes our circumstance, not only fixes our perception of God, it also fixes our own understanding of who we are and our own perception of what we are. Romans chapter 7, verse 15 to 19 says this, I do not understand what I do, for I want to do I do not do, but what I hate to do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living within me. Sound confusing? How many of us can raise our hands right now and say, yes, I do things I don't ever want to do. And the things I really want to get to don't seem to happen. Simple things. There's some things around the house right now that you would like to do, but the Netflix series seems to be a bit better than going ahead and doing those things around the house. Simple example of where we succumb to our feelings in the now and the things that we should be doing aren't getting done. The scripture continues, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I just don't seem to be able to carry it out. Is that you? Certainly me. I know that you know, some things, I know what's good in my heart, but I just can't seem to get that out all the time. I just cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep doing. Come on, you can relate to the scripture. It's in Romans chapter 7, verse 15 to 19. We get downtrodden because the good that starts off in our heart doesn't always come out. And so we need some form of hope. We need some form of power to make a change from not just longing for the good, but actually working out the good. And so we need something to change that, something to give us hope that we can do the good that's in our heart. And that something is the Easter story. If you have a look at John chapter one and verse 12, it says this, but as many as has received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. You see, Jesus has a look at you. He has a look at the good on the inside of you. And because he can see the good on the inside of you, he declares you a child of God, always ready to have a relationship with the Father. Anybody who believes in his name, he has given the right to become children of God. Wow, that just builds up in me a desire. It builds up in me a hope. It steps me out from the quagmire of my life and knows that I have a greater meaning. I have a greater good. I am part of something far beyond what I can see and hope for. That's something that just creates hope in me, that stands me up. And all of this is the Easter story, getting ready to take you from a situation where you are angry at God, making sure that you understand that you don't have to be angry at God because God has provided his love, not his anger to you. It takes you out of thinking that all circumstance in this world is never going to get right. It's always going to be on a trajectory for disaster. Everything I touch is bad. Everything I do is wrong. Well, scripture tells you that Jesus Christ has stood in the gap for you through the Easter story. He has taken the anger of God and he's replaced it with the love of God for you and for me. 
Thank the Lord I don't have to receive the anger of God in my life for everything I've done wrong. No, next week we'll have a look. He's provided grace so that I can receive the love to improve, to become better, to do better every time not hate, anger, and hurt. And finally, this Easter story gives us the ability not only to conquer our fear that God is angry at us, not only to conquer the fear that our circumstances will always be evil and bad. No, it gives us the power to make a change of how we understand who we are. You are not defined by your body. You are not defined by your circumstance. You are defined by the goodness in your heart that Jesus has placed there so that he can show you and give you a hope that you are greater than what you think you are, what your circumstances think you are, and what you think God feels about you. You are more than just circumstance. Just like those disciples who had to go through a mindset change, just like those disciples who had to think differently, just like those disciples who were shocked because Jesus spoke to this woman, had to change their mind and realize that Jesus was for everybody and that grace was for everybody, so too do we have to do this as we journey towards the same story that the disciples journeyed towards with Jesus at Easter. Because of God's own self-sacrifice, now we have hope. We have hope of life because we believe that Jesus Christ not only died, but was resurrected. We have hope of forgiveness because we believe that our broken lives and our broken circumstance can be sorted, can be rectified, can be changed. And we have hope of healing, knowing that our broken relationship with the Father can be restored and has been restored. And as a result of that broken relationship with the Father being restored, we have hope that relationships with others can be restored. You see, this hope of life, this hope of forgiveness, and this hope of healing is something that we could never ever come up with on our own. We long to feel forgiven. We long to feel whole. We long to feel the breath of life at our backs, knowing that we are more than our circumstance. This hope that Jesus has given us is more than any hope we could come up with. You see, when we started this message, we said that Easter does that for us, which we cannot do for ourselves. We cannot come up with divine healing, forgiveness, or life. No, only through the story of Easter can we enjoy hope, healing, and life. How do we respond to this message of hope? If you've never really accepted Jesus as the person in your life that provided all of this through the Easter story, Maybe his death and resurrection has just been a Sunday story to you. Sunday school, you learned about this thing, but life didn't match up to the Sunday school story. As you got older, when you left church and, and went out on your own way, maybe that story that Jesus was telling us about a God that loved us, you never really experienced. Well, I thought it would be good each week as we journey towards this Easter story, no matter where you are in the world, each week for us to take a look and say, hang on, what can I do to respond to this? 
Whether I've been a believer or not, whether I've been re- felt rejected by the church or not, whether I've, I've ever given my life to the Lord or not, he has five things that we need to do to respond to this life. John 3.16 is simple. It says that Jesus was sent because God loves you. The first thing you've got to do is understand that Jesus was sent, not just for some kind of crazy prophetic life or some special life, no, that he was a divine being. He was a divine king that decided to step down, the most high king, step down and walk amongst us and die so that you could have hope. It's not some story, it's real. Jesus came and died for you. The second thing we need to do is we have to understand that we're going to get it wrong every single day on our own. Without Jesus and without the story of Easter, we're going to continue spiraling it through a life where things are going to go wrong and they're going to get worse and worse and worse. John, 1 John 1 9 says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive So all we have to do to feel that hope of forgiveness in our lives that we long for is turn to him and say, you know what, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. I kind of mess it up and have messed up when I do it without you. So the first is to believe that Jesus died for you. The second is to admit that you get it wrong every day. And the third is to ask for the forgiveness that comes through this hope, this hope of forgiveness. Nehemiah 9, 17 says this about God. You are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abundant in kindness. He's not angry at you because of what you've done. He wants to love you out of what your circumstance is, out of what you've done to something better. He wants to create in you a journey towards Easter that's gonna leave the old life behind and discover this new life of hope of forgiveness, hope of life, and hope of healing. And all you need to do is ask him for that hope. The fourth thing you need to do is you need to change your mind about your life. Your life is not like the disciples' lives, caught up in their circumstance, caught up in who they were. No, your life is far beyond that. You need to change your perception of who you are and get God's perception of who you are. Repent, therefore, and be converted. Your sins have been blotted out. God doesn't see your fault. He sees your good, and he wants to help you express your good better. But when we camp in the now, when we camp in the flesh, we're going to camp in the fault. God wants you to repent, push away from the fault and embrace the forgiveness, embrace the healing, embrace the life that comes through Easter. And because of that life, you will be able to change your mind about your life. And once you've said, I've been doing it wrong, I'm gonna turn to you and look to you, Jesus, to get it right. Now you have to start walking that out. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believed in his name. You've got to constantly be yielding your life to not only God's thought process about you, but the way you are to walk out your life, the way you are to take this message of Easter and walk out a whole new life. You see, when we have a look at what Easter is, we understand that Easter has provided us specific opportunities for hope. It's given us the divine specific opportunity to hope that we can have abundant eternal life. 
It's given us a specific opportunity to hope that we can be forgiven. And it's given us a specific opportunity to hope that we can be healed and made whole with God and with others. These three kinds of hope, life, forgiveness, and healing, we could never ever have come up with on our own. It is only through Easter that these three kinds of hope, these three beliefs can come into our lives and radically change our lives. Are you ready to take the five steps? And those steps are in the notes. If you want to click on the notes tab, you can go over them again in your own time. But those five steps, those five things you need to do to embrace this hope, to embrace this forgiveness, to embrace this healing, those things are yours and yours for the taking. You'll notice that through those five things, it's not something that you have to do. You don't have to get back to church. You don't have to take your Bible off the shelf. No, they're all about thinking differently, orientating your life differently. These are heart decisions, not physical decisions. As soon as we try and do things physically, we are reverting back to how the disciples were, checking themselves against their current circumstance as opposed to their divine hope. Are you checking yourself against your current circumstance or are you walking a life, checking your life against divine hope? I know the story of Easter is exactly what you need to make sure that you can embrace this divine hope, hope that you could never come up with yourself but is only given to you through the story of Easter. As we continue this journey, we're going to take a look next time in our next session at what it means to have this opportunity, this specific divine grace that's been given to us. We're going to have a look not only at hope divine given to us by Easter, but also at grace given to us divinely at Easter. So why don't we take a moment and just thank the Lord from wherever we are here in the room. Maybe you want to just get ready for your communion and get your communion elements ready because we here at Victory Life Church Online want to celebrate this hope through the celebration of Jesus. Jesus said to us, keep reminding yourself of what I mean to you. At that last supper, just before he died on that Easter Friday, he wanted his disciples to remember exactly, exactly what he meant in their lives. And so he said, please keep doing this in remembrance of me. So whether you've got a stick of gum, a cup of coffee, a biscuit, a, a wafer, some juice, whatever you've got with you right now, wherever you are, take, eat and drink and know that this is Jesus's body and his blood that came that Easter Friday, died that Easter Friday, was resurrected that Easter Sunday, made whole so that you could have hope, grace and healing and wholeness and that you could respond to that and have a new life. This is Jesus's body that was broken for you. Jesus' blood, so special, poured out that you could have hope, you could have life, you could have forgiveness, and you could have healing. Take drink and know that this is Jesus' blood that was shed for you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you sent your only begotten Son to give us the story of Easter, this this journey to Easter, where we can put ourselves down, where we can put our current circumstances down. They can die on the cross with you 
and our new lives can be resurrected on Sunday with you. As we ready ourselves to receive this forgiveness, to receive this grace this Easter, Father, I pray that every single person who responded today, who said, yes, I want to have a life with hope, forgiveness, life, healing in it, and that they responded by participating in communion or just saying yes in their hearts, just nodding as we spoke, whatever their response, Father God, will you see that and respond to them in the love that we know that you are. Father, thank you for this gift of Jesus Christ. We love you and we adore you. And we ask that you continue to guide us towards this whole life that you have in store for us. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. No matter where you are in the world, no matter what your circumstance is, if this is the first time that you really felt, hang on, I need to start embracing this life with Jesus. I need to start accepting that that Easter story may have been true. It may have been real. Jesus probably did come for me. And then he probably did get resurrected on the third day and establish a new way of life for me on that third day. If that is you and you'd like more information, there's a banner at the moment on the screens that can just be clicked on. It says, I raised my hand. Just, just put your hand up digitally and say, yes, can you please send me some information? Can you please help me get this life of forgiveness, this life of healing? Because I'm in a cir circumstance that's got my eyes focused completely on my circumstance and not on a future. In fact, I don't even really see much of a future for myself. If that's you, I'd dearly like to reach out to you, to contact you, to connect with you, and send you some information on how we can continue the journey, not just from your circumstance or through your circumstance, but onwards to an eternal being, an eternal life that makes an impact on those, those around you and makes an impact on your circumstance. Father God wants to give you eternity. Jesus Christ wants to give you hope and forgiveness. Will you respond to him today? Just click on that banner and one of the, the hosts in the chat room will be able to get with you or we'll be able to send some information to your email box. Whatever you provide your contact information, we'll be in contact with you to help you and to journey with you from your circumstance to your eternity. Look forward to seeing you this weekend as we continue the, the series that Pastor Dwayne has been um, taking us through of mind renewal. It's a continuation of that series as we go into part six of changing the way we think, changing the way we operate upstairs with our gray matter. And I know that Pastor Dwayne's got an awesome message for you coming up this weekend. And then again, next week, as we journey through our midweek time together, we're going to have a look at the grace that Easter brings us. Thank you so much for joining us. Look forward to seeing you again soon. And you be blessed with life, forgiveness, and healing through Easter. In Jesus' name we pray. You be blessed and we'll see you again.